I have a very unique set of guests for this episode of Performance Anxiety. I'm your host, Mark, and I'm joined by Annie, Nissa, and Oscar Kuchenmeister of Loki's Folly. They're a band made up of siblings, 21 and under, who have already overcome some difficult obstacles. Annie, the guitarist, discusses her struggles with autism and how it differs between boys and girls. Nissa, the drummer, talks about overcoming her issues with anxiety. And Oscar holds everything down on bass and tells me about playing with his older sisters. They've been getting lessons and guidance from Ryan Smith from Soul Asylum. And they've been playing together for a while. But when Dave Perner from Soul Asylum came out to see them one night, things really started to take off. He even got them their first gig at the legendary First Avenue Club in Minneapolis. Since then, they've recorded their first album called Sisu. It's coming out in May. So check it out and pre-order it. Show them some support and give them a follow at Loki's Folly Band on all the social media platforms. Follow us at Performance ANX and you can help us out at ko-fi.com slash performance anxiety or you can pick up some merch at performanceanx.threadless.com. So let's get started with Loki's Folly on Performance Anxiety, part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. <laughs> I'm Nissa. I'm Annie. I'm Oscar. And we're Loki's Folly. You're listening to Performance Anxiety Podcast. And we have a new album coming out, Sisu, in May 20th. <laughs> and uh, just a, a fair warning, we may get a little interruption by either my kids or my dog. So <laughs> just fair warning ahead of time. We, we don't ever experience that at our house. <laughs> <laughs> no. my, here comes my daughter. So. Hey! Hi! Hello. Can you hear? I can. Okay. <laughs> How are you guys? Very good. How are you? I'm doing good. All right. So this is Maggie. That's Nissa, Annie, and Oscar. Hi. And their mom. Oh. <laughs> so Maggie is a drum major and plays uh, French horn and mellophone. Oh, wow. wow. That's awesome. And now cymbals. I do play cymbals. Ooh. <laughs> but no drums, just cymbals. No drums. <laughs> so. that's, that's too much for me. All right, get out of here. I got stuff to do. It's nice to meet you guys. It's nice to meet you too. So, my son may pop by still. My oldest is working, so she won't be here. <laughs> so I tell you, today's just been crazy. I mean, I, I, my oldest daughter grabbed one of my cords because she was using it for something else. So we had to drive to her work to go get it so I could actually record tonight. Oh, and, no. oh, it's just been, it's been crazy. And then, then I had the, the tech issue. I couldn't get FaceTime to connect to the email for some reason. And I'm sitting there freaking out. I'm like, oh, come on. No. So, so finally got everything working and now I can relax and just pepper you with all kinds of questions, <laughs> which I actually won't do. It'll be, it'll be conversational. So, so the f first thing is first, right? How do I pronounce your last name? It's pronounced Kuchenmeister. Okay. Like, like Cookie Monster. Oh, oh I like that. <laughs> Kuchenmeister. All right. So my name, my, my entire name is eight letters long. It's just Mark Shea. And you will be surprised at how many people get that wrong. So yeah. I don't want to get other people's names wrong. So I like to ask <laughs> if I'm not sure. So let's, all right. So let's go through 
the band with Annie on guitar, yep. Nissa on drums, and Oscar on bass. Yep, yep. All right. And then mom is the support system. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hang out in the corner and say hello. And take some some sneaky videos, I did see. I do. <laughs> and yeah. pictures. And <laughs> I throw up comments every now and then, too. <laughs> yeah. right. So how did you guys get into music in the first place? I mean, was was mom playing a lot of stuff in the house? Was uh, was music a big, is it a big thing in your house? Yeah, it's definitely been a big thing. We learned a lot from our mom, especially, and our parents, um, like R.E.M. and um, Johnny Cash and stuff. And then kind of, <laughs> nice. as we got older, kind of delved more into more genres, just through our own searching and deep diving and getting into more of the punk bands and then finding out that our mom was also into the punk band. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but finding all sorts of new things. and It's definitely something we bonded over and have had many a sleepover, you know, showing each other songs or check out this music video. Oh, my brother and I would do the same thing. We didn't end up in a band, but we, <laughs> I, I know that familial musical bond. Yeah, it's a, it's wonderful. I actually, my brother yeah. and I still do it to this day. We'll just yeah. shoot each other YouTube links of stuff. Hey, did you see this? <laughs> yeah. so. They are constantly doing that. Yeah, oh. we we'll make for each other and stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. So, how did you start playing instruments? When was that something that you guys each wanted to do, or did did mom say, "Hey, uh, I want you to do some lessons, and you're going to start <laughs> off on piano and." <laughs> it was something we kind of chose to do on our own. We both just really, really wanted to, and really with the intention to play in a band. So I, we started when you were eight, which made me like 12. <laughs> <laughs> so fairly young and kind of, we, we both, yeah, had that intention of playing in a band and so I started on guitar, and Nissa started on drums. Okay. And it kind of took off from there, starting lessons at Twin Town with Ryan. Ryan's. Is that so? Is that how you met Ryan through through taking lessons? Yeah, through, yeah, yep. Oh, that is awesome! That is yeah. great. Yeah, he's been our teacher for like since then. <laughs> since then, since that long. Wow! All right, so yeah. that just answered like three questions right there. <laughs> And I'm assuming at that point you're just you're you're playing covers. Were you yeah. were you writing anything at that point, or were you just sticking to trying to learn other people's music at that? I think we started very much at the basics with learning how like how to use our instruments, then how to play covers. We started on, but fairly quickly started writing songs. I guess we had started out separately working on our own mu our own instruments, learning songs on our own. But then after a while, we had decided to join our lessons together. So we all worked together on music. So then we started with a few covers, but pretty immediately started. We're like, it's on time. <laughs> <laughs> so you were in, you guys were playing before... There were autism diagnoses and anxiety diagnoses. So yeah. were you guys just playing to yourselves and for, for your family? Or were you actually out playing in front of people before 
all the the diagnoses? Yeah, um, we were playing before, so our first show was for my sixteenth birthday. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> That we were also doing like recitals through recitals. Twin and such, which, yeah, talent show. little talent, talent shows, shows. Recitals, <laughs> like that. Yeah. Okay, is that some of the videos that I saw on YouTube? Like. Yeah, yeah, we've got some of those up on there. <laughs> okay, those are great. I, good, yeah. good riddance. That was really cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was really fun. <laughs> yeah. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with the stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Try doing that in person. So join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about, it's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And a special offer to Performance Anxiety listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash performanceanxiety. That's betterhelp.com slash performanceanxiety. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. So... Your very first time. Yeah, that was my first. That was my first time playing on a stage. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that was amazing. Yeah. At what point? And I, I, before I get into any of this, I do want to thank you guys for all the information you sent me on the autism and, and the anxiety and all that stuff. It's just it's been very helpful. Yeah. Very very helpful. I'm glad it's it's a lot of info that I don't think very many people. It's it's not like a common understanding or yeah vocabulary or anything exactly exactly and I, I learned so much in just the short time i've been <laughs> discovering everything about it i learned so much like i had no idea that autism is different between boys and girls yeah that was just that blew me away I, yeah it's it's like <laughs> imagine that but it's learning it about yourself and that's me like <laughs> when i got my diagnosis that's amazing that yeah. that must have been that must have just like opened up a whole new world for you. Definitely, it was like it was like night and day. Really, it felt like finally knowing exactly what's going on and why I am the way I am, and finding who I am in the world, and finding other people like me. Did that change the way you approach the music at all? 
I think it gave me a better understanding of myself in relation to the music and also some of the like lyrical or emotional uh inspiration that was coming that was kind of like obviously a lot of the songs are fairly uh angry or emotional or frustrated and kind of where a lot of that was coming from from this like being on the outside of things and not really understanding it yeah. and now getting to understand it so nissa how about you when did all this come into focus for you yeah i think around the same time <laughs> okay when you were learning about anxiety, you know, did that help you playing out in front of people? Did it help you to cope with, with some of the things that you were feeling? Yeah, I think so. I think it helped me to realize that when I was feeling extraordinarily nervous for things, it, it, it always felt like I was, even though I, I knew Deep down, I wasn't. It felt like I was overreacting because no one else was doing that. Ah, okay. <laughs> it was nice to be able to kind of have um It was nice to have an explanation, I guess, similar to... Yeah, there's nothing worse than being in the dark about all that, especially when it's about you. That has to be unbelievably frustrating. <laughs> so, I, I saw some of the covers that you guys played, and it kind of blew me away. <laughs> to be honest with you, 99 Luftballoons, that is one of my favorite songs of all time. I had the biggest crush on Nina <laughs> back in the mid-80s, because I'm old now, I'm 48, so. But you guys only just do it. You do it the German version. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Do you, I mean, is, do you speak German? Or did you just <laughs> learn it for the song? Or Well, I was doing, I, I go to a project-based school. So all of my classes are done in projects. And it was a project that I was doing, a German project. So I, I'm learning to speak German. I don't, I, I'm She's doing a good job. <laughs> good. Mom, you're free to, to comment all you want. You can talk as much as you like. I used to be a German teacher, and I'm so impressed with her German. So oh, excellent. Oh, yeah. man. So you guys have a good coach for that. Yeah, yeah I, 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 it was one of the like end goals for my project. Yeah, it was very well received for the project as well, so that's nice. That... Yeah, you got, you got extra credit on it. Oh, the, good. With the extra song. Man, you deserve it. That was That's really cool. And Bjork's Army of Me, that's my favorite Bjork song of all time. ABBA, Take a Chance on Me, Bowie's Heroes, a lot of Christmas songs. Yep. And then uh, you know, just a whole bunch more. Those are the ones that, like the replacements. I don't know anybody who does replacements covers. That's awesome. <laughs> that is so great. We live in Minnesota. That's make yeah, okay. You make a very good point there. Yeah, that's true. We've got the uh, the replacements tribute most years. So, yeah. so Oscar, what about you? You're you've been quiet here this whole time. I know you're into gaming, and what, yeah. does any of that help you playing at all? Do do you incorporate yeah. any any anything outside of music into your bass playing? No, 
Not quite. I mean, I know that, like, some of your video game soundtracks definitely inspire you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah? So, all right, so what video games do you like to play? Uh, well, the Minecraft. Oh. And there's one that I don't really play, but I do still like, which is Undertale. I'm not familiar with that one. I know Minecraft. Has, Undertale has a great soundtrack. Yeah, it has a very good soundtrack. <laughs> we listen to that a lot when we're with Oscar. Are you, yeah. you guys going to do any video game soundtrack covers? Ooh, that would be a cool idea. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and you can also you can be an instrumental, too. So that, yeah. <laughs> the, the Oscar could take center stage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... And your diagnosis was uh, for uh, autism was actually my understanding from the materials you sent to me was actually kind of late. In like, yeah. why do you think it was so late? Was there? Is it? I don't even know how to phrase this question. Um, yeah. Is there a reason why it, it took a long time to be diagnosed? Yeah. So it's kind of considered average or more common to get the diagnosis as like a childhood diagnosis, which is usually like from birth to like 11 or 12 right and i got diagnosed when i was 17 which is somewhat common for girls mostly because just because of that different presentation and that different stuff and right. since it's relatively new a lot of the research on women with autism compared to men with autism it's like unfortunately very common that it's not diagnosed because one of the one big difference is that a lot of women tend to learn how to mask very early on, which masking is where you kind of learn to mimic other people and in a way to cover up like, uh, like social cues and things. Yep. Yeah. Okay. We would work on that when she was young and I didn't know that that's what we were doing, but uh. I would give her, she would ask me how to talk to people at school. And so we come up with scripts of things to say and what to do if they, if somebody would say something that would make, she wouldn't know how to respond, I'd give her some standard responses. And yeah. Wow. We didn't know that that was an autistic thing. Yeah. <laughs> we just did it. I wouldn't have, I would have just done what you, you did. I mean, I, I don't, I was just helping your kid out. That's, that's, yeah, right. You know, that's, that doesn't seem unusual to me. So that's, yeah. wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Has writing and playing music has it helped you guys out with with the autism and with the the anxiety has it helped yeah again i, I don't know how to phrase that question <laughs> i think it's definitely become a bit of a coping mechanism for both of us where i think it's a great way to get out your emotions or frustrations with anything yeah and very help healthy in that way um in that it's very What's the word where you, like, work on it yourself? Evaluation? Um, <laughs> that works. <laughs> you get to think everything through <laughs> and uh, kind of get through emotional things. And I think also getting to perform has definitely, at least me, given me some confidence boost, I guess, to be able to do something that's very hard and very difficult, but be able to succeed at it and have fun doing it. Well, I'm completely amazed because when I was 20, I definitely didn't have my act together. When I was 15, I sure as hell didn't have my act together. And at 11, I didn't know what, what I was doing at all. So you guys are just impressing me. I'm, I'm completely amazed by you guys. I mean, when I was 20, I was, let's see, 18. Yeah, I was uh, 
quitting college. That's what I was doing. <laughs> so you, you, you guys have your stuff together a lot more than I did at the time. So is there a primary songwriter in the band? Is, is Annie, are you writing, doing most of the writing or is it kind of a group effort? It's, it's generally a group effort. We work on the songs together in varying degrees, you know, whether it's just as much as like, oh, do you like this or this more? <laughs> or if it's literally us sitting together, going line by line, like, okay, what do we do next? Okay, what should we do for the chorus? Okay. Okay. So, Oscar, are you helping in, in any of this at all? You, you, you throwing in some new bass, some funky bass lines or something? Not really. Not yet? The newness is kind of, you're, you're, you've been giving your commentary, but in coming up with ideas for bass and stuff. And you've been thinking about songwriting too, right? Yeah. Awesome. You had, yeah, you had a song that you had in your head that maybe someday will come out. Yeah. You've been working at it for a while. <laughs> All right, so, so Oscar, was bass what you wanted to play or did your sisters kind of make you do it? It's what I wanted to play. So are you paying attention to a lot of bass players and bands now and, and listening to what they're doing? I should just listen to the music. That's a perfectly fine answer. That's, that's what I would do. What kind of music are you listening to besides the stuff that you guys are doing and video game soundtracks? <laughs> <laughs> well, there, uh, some of the bands are like My Chemical Romance, Cat uh... uh, Stevens. Yeah. All right. So I got to ask you a question about this because I did notice in what you guys sent me. How did you get into Cat Stevens and Woody Guthrie? You're 11. I didn't even know who they were. <laughs> My mom and sisters. That's well, amazing. Woody Guthrie, though. Uh, school. School. Yeah. You can tell that story. Yeah. So, all right. So tell me about the, how school got you into Woody Guthrie. Uh, it was uh, a specific song. Which song was it? Brilliant. Yeah. And uh, it was something that we would sing at, that you sang at school. And, he and came, I just liked it a lot. So he came home and we listened to it every night for many months. Yeah. I unfortunately ended up talking over you guys. Which What was the song name again? This Land is Your Land. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. man. But then that led, he wanted to hear more Woody Guthrie. And then what's your other favorite Woody Guthrie? Uh, Hobo's Lullaby. Nice. Nice. And like... then he wanted to hear other people like him. So I just kind of pulled Cat Stevens out <laughs> from my youth. And yeah. he just, he, you just, he just latched on yeah. to that. He just he loved it. You know, it's funny. I remember when I was in uh, third grade, my teacher would bring in Cat Stevens albums and instead of doing like math, he'd throw on Cat Stevens and we'd end up listening to Teaser and the Firecat or whatever. I, I think that's what it was. Teeth and the Tillerman? Yeah. yeah. Or Teeth and the Firecat. Oh, why did I... He would just bring in like three or four Cat Stevens albums and, and just we'd be doing that instead of whatever lesson was. He was kind of a hippie, so. My second grade teacher did the same, same thing. thing. That's how I got into Cat Stevens. <laughs> Something about that time. I don't know. Yeah. Like, eh, we don't need to do work. Let's listen to some Cat Stevens. <laughs> so, all right. So, I was. That would be his dream. All right. Well, I'm going to tell you my favorite Woody Guthrie song. So, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's Mean Talking Blues. I don't think I've heard that. No. 
All right, you got to check that one out. That's that's my favorite Woody Guthrie song. All right, you guys have just this amazing, aggressive sound. It's just, it to me, and I think I sent this to you, it kind of gives me this Breeders meets L7 with the Melvins vibe. It's just, I don't want to say brutal, <laughs> but it is in a good way. Yeah. In a good way, yeah. it's, you have this like gnarly guitar tone, these awesome aggressive drums, and this really great bass. Though I mean, it's just it's like it's a the bass cuts through because it's clean, and I love that. I just love that little juxtaposition there. Is that something that you guys? That was a direction you wanted to take. It was more of a punk sound from the beginning. Yeah, I think. Well, I can I can jump in on that one. There was the day that Annie came to me and they were practicing, and she looked at me. And she goes, "Is it okay if I scream?" And I, like, <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Go ahead. Of course, you can scream. It's your song." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I always remember that. <laughs> so Minnesota has a, a pretty storied punk history, and yeah. you guys working with Ryan, who's part of soul asylum is that how you guys got dave perner involved in working with you yeah, how, did, so, I, how did that happen because i'm really curious to know how how yeah. that whole connection got made yeah so we had started playing a few more shows in slightly bigger venues we had yes we were doing a our biggest show yet at the time with uh, Haley, who is a great singer from here. And we'd gotten that with through Jeremy Elbasaker, who we'd just done another show with. So it was very exciting. And before the show, we were getting ready and we got an email from Ryan and he was like, oh, I'm going to send. there's going to be a VIP coming tonight. And we were like, oh, cool. And we, we assumed it was going to be like, it was his like a joke, like his daughter. <laughs> You know, like, we're like, oh, awesome, you know, we're excited. <laughs> and so we get there and we're playing and we get up on stage. We're super, it was a Halloween show. So we're dressed up in these, uh, like, Viking costumes. Oh, with, awesome. <laughs> which was really fun. And we get up on stage, we're playing about halfway through the set. I'm playing and I look down. And I'm like, wow, that guy looks like Dave Perner. And then I look at him and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> that's, that's not who I thought you Wow. <laughs> I was freaking out, and I, I think I fumbled a solo or two <laughs> after that. <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> spending that whole time, like, how do I tell Nissa? And then I realized if I tell, if I find a way to tell her, <laughs> she'll be as nervous yes. as I am. <laughs> so I'm like, how do I not tell Nissa? <laughs> <laughs> and so get through the set, and we're taking our stuff downstage. I'm like... Nissa, come over here. Look, <laughs> look over there. Do you see? And she's, oh my god, that is awesome. So yeah, we went over and we talked to him, and he was there. And Janine, their tour manager, was there, so we got to meet the both of them. Wow. And talked for like a super long time. Uh, yeah, and then during that, he was like, "Have you guys ever played at First Avenue?" And we're like, "Uh, no." And he's like, "Well, do you want to?" And we're like. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so that was how that happened. Oh my gosh, that is incredible. <laughs> yeah. What, what blows me away, I, I know you guys are from the area, but it still kind of blows me away that 
you guys know who Soul Asylum is? <laughs> Not uh, nothing against Soul Asylum. I like Soul Asylum, but I mean they had been around for a while when I was in college. So, like, if I told my kids Soul Asylum was playing, they'd be like, "Who?" <laughs> but I mean, you know, sorry, Ryan. Nothing against you. Guys. <laughs> They have a very wide range of music tastes. It's very wide. <laughs> that is good. I'm really surprised at the maturity level. Like, like we were just talking about Oscar listening to Woody Guthrie for crying out loud. It's just, it's amazing. So the album that you guys recorded, yeah. it's coming out in May. Now I've got, I definitely have questions about this. So you've already released some of some music. Yeah. From it. And I was watching some of the, I was watching a lot of the videos. I got to be honest. <laughs> and in the lyric video for No Right, there's yeah. a spot that says combing. <laughs> what is combing? I didn't even, and, and I, this isn't a question that I already had the answer to. I, I, I wanted to be genuinely surprised by this. So. Yeah. Well, for starters, it's a cool name. Um. <laughs> 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 I should have asked. <laughs> and it's a Swedish word. It's um, the original use was that it was a herding call for the cows. women in in Sweden in like rural areas and uh, it's very loud and it's the loudest one of the loudest like vocal, vocal things someone a person can yeah oh, there goes my dog my dog is cooling right now <laughs> oh gosh I swear he's such a mess I don't even know what he's barking at because there's nothing outside ah uh. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. The other thing that, and I'm not going to try to pronounce this, the, the Christmas video from 2020. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, first of all, how do you pronounce that? Um, that one is Tontu Yen Yoluye. I'm glad I didn't try that. <laughs> all right. You guys do some really wild Christmas stuff. I mean, we're, I'm recording this at the end of February, and I'm into the, I'm into Christmas music right now. So, thank you guys. We listen to Christmas music all year long. Oh, so. I get it in my head all year long, and that, 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 I can't listen to it because once I get to the to Christmas season, then it's just lost its magic. So, it just, yeah. but it runs in my head. Like I'll be in the middle of July, I'll be sitting around, and I'll be like, "Why is Winter Wonderland popping into my head right now?" <laughs> And it, it, that's not even a joke. You can ask my wife. Because I'll, be, I'll be walking around the house whistling, like, I don't know, something. We really like Christmas here. In fact, Nissa has a third birthday was a Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer birthday, and her birthday's in April. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So you guys are really into Christmas. That explains so many Christmas videos. 
<laughs> now you guys went into the studio. Did you, I mean, I guess I should ask that question. Did, did you record all this in the studio or was it done at home? Like a lot of people have had to do over this whole pandemic. Yeah. So the album was actually all the like bass instrument vocal tracks were actually recorded before the pandemic. Uh. Um, so they were recorded in the studio. We got to work at Flower Studio with Ed Ackerson just before, oh, wow. he, just before he passed away. Yeah. Oh so, man, I love his stuff. That guy was great. Yeah, it was it was the most amazing experience ever. He was so great to get to work with. Oh wow! So we got to record. I think it was three, three or yeah, three songs there with him, and then um, the rest we recorded at IPR, which is a college here with. <sighs> Kevin Bell. That little mermaid. And, oh! <laughs> I, it's been so long since we released that, I forgot it's on the album. <laughs> 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 um, we also did then The Little Mermaid with our... My your cousin. cousin. I'm like, I don't know how we call that. What but is your cousin? cousin. <laughs> our mom's cousin. cousin. Second cousins? Or yeah, second cousin. I think. Cousin. I don't... I don't know. All that stuff. I don't know. Second cousin. I think you're right. Just saying... <laughs> Kind of cousin. <laughs> somebody's cousin. It was somebody. Somebody related to you guys. How was that experience for you? Was it, I mean, it's a lot different than playing live. I mean, so yeah. was it, was it fun or did you like, uh, this is re doing the same thing over and over again? <laughs> well, we recorded a lot of the songs first time through, uh, like close to, close to first time wow. through. A lot of it was, we, we went in with a plan. We did it. The, how many songs was it? Seven or eight songs at IPR all in one day. So we just kind of, we went in and then we did it all. Oh my gosh. And got as much done as we could. You guys are workhorses. They were, they were super prepared before. Yeah. Going and they, they had their songs like really, 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 really well ready to go. Yeah. Well, some of them I know are several years old, like Castle on the Moon. You guys have yeah. been playing that for a long time. cool song i like that yeah and we have a cool we wrote it in the time period 
after Black Star, the album by David Bowie was released, but before he died, which was like that like two week span. Yeah. Thing, we were very it came out and we were like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> we were so inspired and then we rewrote the song in between. I love that story. That is fantastic. <laughs> so I'm listening to the album. I don't know if if you guys have a sequence for the album yet, because I the way the way my computer put it onto my thumb drive so I could listen to it in my car was alphabetically. So I <laughs> really don't know how this thing starts off. But the first song I heard was Appease the Girl. And that's the one with Dave Perner, right? Yeah. <laughs> is just crazy I, I love it I gotta say though it, I don't know if it's my favorite it's up there but it, I, I, I'm t- kind of torn between beaches and peaches <laughs> I, I love the I, I don't know the, is, it, is it a type of cooling you guys are doing in that in the, uh, you guys do a little howl at the end, in, at the end of oh. each verse oh. In uh, uh, Beaches and Peaches. Yeah. That is so catchy. That's what <laughs> really drew me. I'm like, this is great. And that's what made me think of the breeders. I'm So I was like, this is good. And I like the breeders. So I was like, okay, I, I can get in with these guys. A piece of girl, it was easy to get, I'm like, but, you know, you hear a band, you hear one track from a band, you're like, oh, this is really good. And then you hear the rest of the album, you're like, this is nothing like what I just heard. So when I heard a piece of girl, I was in. But when I heard Peaches and Peaches, I was like, I am definitely in. This is great. And I love... The like the chorus you guys did at the end of Trickster. So was that something that you guys figured out on your own or was that something that you were guided to through a producer or was it something in between? I think that's something that we kind of 
choice. You might have had some help from Ryan. We might have had some help from Ryan, but a lot of it also came from like uh, playing it live, and a lot of things like kind of materialized that way too, where things start to sound good, and we keep doing it. <laughs> I love that chorus. It's so full. It's great. It sounds like more than three people. I'll tell you that. It is fantastic. So, Thank you. When you're playing live, I noticed that Annie, you and Nissa are both kind of singing at different times and sometimes together. Is there a process to figure out who's singing what song? In a way in that I think we kind of just choose. Yeah, I, it oftentimes, if, if someone has an idea for a melody, like if Annie comes up with a melody for a song that she, it's it, it also, I think, depending on how, how much, if, if you wrote most of the lyrics, then you're probably going to at least start singing it. And then we'll figure out if we want to add my vocals in at some parts, but I mean, like into the darkness, but then again, in into the darkness, it's just mostly me singing and she wrote that one. <laughs> so I think it's kind of like a matter of like, who it's easier for to sing yeah. or whose voice we think will sound better or who's more comfortable with which line or what feels most fun. <laughs> Oscar, do you have any plans to sing? Maybe. Maybe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so he's saying on, he sang on, yeah. on Abba. Chance. And take yeah. a chance on Right, your... yes. Yeah. I did see that. Change your mind on the first and I'm still free. Take a chance on me. If you need me, let me know. It'll be around. If you got no place to go, Does that make you want to sing more, or are you like, I'm done with that? I might sing more. Yeah? Awesome. Yeah. That would be great. Singing bassists are fantastic. Look at Getty Lee. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell you. Uh, you have to know who Getty Lee is, right? Uh, <laughs> maybe he knows the song better. The one that we play the most from. Wow, that's an interesting choice. Most people are like, yeah, we, Tom Sawyer. Yeah. <laughs> but we have a we have a Lord of the Rings themed playlist, so you know, got to get all the. There you go. It's got a lot that's, of Led Zeppelin. Zeppelin. That makes so much sense now. <laughs> Oh, okay. So how does what you're reading influence your songwriting? Because I noticed that one of the songs, um, Into the Darkness. Yeah. So that's based on Doom Patrol. Yeah. Is fiction something that you draw a lot of inspiration from when you're writing? Definitely. I think whether it's like inspired from the stories or inspired from the writing style or 
just anything. I think we we draw a lot from <laughs> stories, and I think it's also just something we bond over a lot, like watching movies together or sharing books we're reading. I think it's also when, like, especially since we do a lot of collaborative writing, I think it's helpful to have something that you can base that type of writing on, so you can go, oh, I want this song to sound kind of like Doom Patrol, Patrol. <laughs> or I want it, and then you can go, oh, okay, I know what you mean, I can help you figure that out. <laughs> it makes it easier to get a reference. Okay. Or like, the mermaid, you're like, yeah, <laughs> what, what happens in the Little yeah. Mermaid? Let's write that into the song. That is great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, Scissormen, and I don't yeah. know anything about Doom Patrol. I just <laughs> listened to a couple things and, and did a little bit of research, but not nearly as much as I probably should have. Um, <laughs> you've got this, this, what, like these phased lyrics. And at the end, I can't even really tell what you're saying. That these <laughs> kind of garbled lyrics. Is that based on the Scissorman? Yeah, the exactly. And I was like, some, like I, we had this kind of like really, uh, in your face, confused <laughs> sort of beginning to that song where it's got that, riff and then the screaming and it's just all about kind of it's kind of turns the purpose is to turn you on your head a little bit right from the start okay which just immediately made me think of grant morrison and doom patrol and those specific characters so then i was like how do i make the lyrics kind of match that sort of like random words but like nonsensical, nonsensical but, yeah okay. i don't know who's Doing, I don't know if it's, if it's both of you, but good lord, you guys have a scream! <laughs> Whoa, I mean, it's like Kurt Cobain level bleach era screaming. It's unreal. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, in that one, song is very fun to see the audience reaction to live. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> Probably gets the most. Yeah, if, if you if you're looking around, if there'll be some people, you know, look the one song that kinda sticks out to me as being different than the rest is definitely Truth or Dare. I think that might be my favorite because that has a 1969 Black Sabbath <laughs> riff to it. And I love, I love that first Black Sabbath album. And that is what the first thing that pops in my head as soon as I hear that riff. Is, is that, was that an older song? Is it a newer song? Is that some, maybe a different direction you guys going from the, the punk to maybe a little more doom metal? That one was Fairly old, yeah, fairly early. I think we wrote it after, like, it was maybe our third or fourth song. Oh, wow. I, I feel like, though, I might be remembering wrong, but I feel like we, like, did a lot of, it, it started off a lot different, I feel. I feel like we, yeah, 
through the years added on him. Oh yeah, Jeez, we've added stuff. yeah, like <laughs> it started off a lot simpler and then right. it was like, oh, let's add a backup vocal here right. and let's add a <laughs> guitar bend the note here, there, yeah. One of the things I did notice about several of the songs though, you guys are really adept at like time signature changes and tempo changes. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I mean, like, okay, so we'll I mean, we'll just go back to Truth or Dare. You know, it starts off Black Sabbath, and then all of a sudden it goes to punk. Yeah. And then <laughs> back to Black Sabbath. Yeah. You guys are really good at that. I mean, did that take a lot of practice, or is, is there some kind of sisterly, yeah. brotherly <laughs> bond that you guys just intuitively yeah. do that? Well, I think it started with, we kept writing songs that just, unfortunate. well, I guess I would sometimes bring them to Nisha, and <laughs> she would have to go, this is... These are all different time signatures, but they them in. this is great. But these are all different. It's all different. Um, but <laughs> poor drummers. Poor, poor oh, no. <laughs> and now poor Oscar, he's got to figure yeah, it figured out too. Poor Oscar, yeah. But we we would work on it really hard and be able to get it where we'd be able to cue each other really well, just with like a a glance or. A and movement or something like can just quickly look at you and go, "Okay, we're speeding up now." Okay, and then yeah, <laughs> I love that. That is so great. They have the secret sister and brother language on stage. So. <laughs> that is fantastic. So, so Oscar, you've been in the band for about a year now. Yeah. How are you handling this? Are you really you enjoying playing live? Are you enjoying hanging out with your big sisters and playing some music? Yeah. Yeah, they're all right. Yeah. How did you look up? Do you remember the show? The live show? What was uh, that like? The live one? Yeah. <laughs> He's playing once out. live. Oh, wow. I got excited. Oh, yeah, that one. All right. You want to see, <laughs> you want to see, you want to see what you played? Or where you played? Yeah, where was it? Uh, it was at uh, Twin Town. Oh, cool. Twin Town Guitars, where they take lessons. Yeah. Got to play at Open sense. Street Show. Yeah. Open Streets. Yeah. Oh, was, okay. So that was the video that's on. Is that yeah, the- yeah, oh, we've yeah. got some video for that. Um, okay. Yeah. Yes, because I take a million videos. <laughs> I try not to be that mom, but I am. No, you, you can't help it. I mean, you got talented kids. They're so fun. They're, and they're just fun to take video of. Oh, gosh, yeah. And you pr- You got to be proud of them. It's, Very. That's So, Oscar, did you, did you get any anxiety or nerves before the show? Or were you just like, let's do this? Uh, I did before the show, but uh, uh, during it, I was that was fine. Yeah, you got settled down pretty quickly. Yeah. Did you do anything in particular to settle your nerves, or was it just focusing on your, what you're playing? Well, you, you, you talked about when you, you talked about when you got up there that you sat up there and then you got you looked out at the crowd and everyone looked like they were having fun. Yeah. Oh, that I helped. Enjoyed it. Oh, that's <laughs> good. you know it does help when people are enjoying. Like if if we were talking and you guys weren't into this at all, I'd be like, oh. <laughs> God, this sucks. I don't do this anymore. <laughs> so when is the album coming out? It's coming out in May, on May. Okay, I can't be the one to say it because I get every single date wrong every time I say it. <laughs> we can do we can just stick with May. It's coming it's out May. You never know. Things can change. <laughs> so what is the the album title? It is called Sisu. All right. Is there a meaning behind that? Because yeah, I don't want to pronounce things for you guys anymore because 
I'm doing apparently a very poor job of it. <laughs> no, not at all. So what, what, what does Sisu mean? Is there a meaning? Yeah, so Sisu is a Finnish word, and it is kind of like your internal strength or your ability to like push through hard things. Wow. And we felt like, I mean, it's a good thing to try to keep in you normally, but also with the pandemic and everything kind of being very hard on everyone, I think it's something a lot of people can relate to. Yeah. yeah. Having to find some Sisu <laughs> to get through things. And I'm going to ask this, this is going to be a very clunky question, so please forgive me. <laughs> Does Do you write any, any of the, uh, see, <laughs> any, is any of the music and lyrics that you write, is that specifically based on the autism, like, like your experiences with people uh, and how they treat you once they know you're autistic? Yeah. A piece, the girl was definitely about that in a very direct way of speaking, <laughs> in a very direct way. Yeah. Um, it was kind of in reaction because I'd been having like a lot of issues. I mean, I feel like I say I'm autistic and you can kind of assume that school is a hard thing. Right. Yeah. So I'd been having a lot of issues at school and it was getting really bad and I was having meltdowns. And at the time I didn't even know what meltdowns were. So it was just a really scary experience to kind of lose control like that and not really know what it was, why it was happening, <laughs> or where it was coming from. And then it got to a point where I was, like, missing school and mm -hmm. gone. And so I had then gotten my diagnosis because of all these issues I was having. And it was, like I said, this, like, big, huge relief. And so one of the thir first things that they recommended was to go to the school counselor to get to get some accommodations to make make it an easier experience. Okay. Which we went to go do, but it didn't <laughs> it didn't go the greatest. It kind of Oh no. Unfortunately, it was kind of like going in saying I was having these problems. I had the diagnosis. I was wondering if I could get some help and the person we were talking to was like, "Oh, well, I think you were doing fine." I think you don't need any help, and what? I think you're really dealing, really autistic, or really doing, dealing with any of this. Oh my gosh! Which was like, yeah, a really hard it's experience. That, yeah. Oh my, yeah, that's gotta my, be so frustrating. <laughs> my mom was there with me, and yeah, it was, it was a devastating experience. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so sorry I had to go through that. Yeah. It, it was unfortunate, but, but a good learning experience, a good learning nonetheless. Experience. And I left that school in yeah. that situation and have had plenty of good experiences, too. <laughs> good. Oh, yes. that's awesome. But, but yeah, it was, that was the first experience of how females with autism are treated, because at that school, there were many males with autism who had a lot of accommodations and a lot of help and so we just assumed we'd go in and tell them and it would be like, okay, here's what we do. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nissa, what about you? Do you write anything f with your experiences in mind? Um, I mean, I, I would... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> the, the majority of the songs that I write are in like 
I, I, the only song that I've written completely independently is the love song. The ironically titled love song. She was 11 when she wrote that. The emotions of an 11 year old not knowing how to express their frustration. Yeah. (laughs) It was, it was specifically about as well. I, um, I was quite, you know, I didn't speak up a lot in school and there were some, sometimes I would feel very, very angry, but I wouldn't be able to show that I was very, very angry in any way. And I think, that was the way that I dealt with it. So I just went home and wrote it all out and went, Annie, Annie. <laughs> 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 well, I love that you guys support each other so much. I love that your mom is so supportive. It's just, it makes me feel so good to know that I mean, you guys are out there. I, I mean, I'm, I have so much respect and admiration for you guys. It's just, and I'm so glad Ryan introduced us. I'm just, it's incredible. I love the music. I think it's awesome. I cannot wait for it to come out so I can actually share it with people. And because this stays with me until it comes out. So I'm, I'm, I, I have told them to go check out your YouTube page. So the, what's up there is what they're hearing. So anything else like, like Beaches and Peaches and Truth or Dare Trickster. Nobody's nobody that I know has heard them, and I can't. I cannot wait for them to hear it. <laughs> so, where can people follow you on social media? What's what are your handles, and how can they find the album when it comes out? Is it, is it coming out on Bandcamp, or just tell yeah. me all this great information? Yeah, so we've got Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and it's Loki's Folly or Loki's Folly Band on all three of those, and then. Got Bandcamp, and then it's out on Spotify, uh, Apple Music, iTunes, Amazon. Amazon, all of the all of the digital platforms that everybody loves. I didn't even ask. How did you guys come up with the name Loki's Folly? Yeah, we were when we were coming up with band names, trying to decide. I was actually reading Neil Gaiman's Norse Norse mythology. Oh, I love Neil Gaiman. I love him so much. It was. He's like one of my favorite authors. So when he came out with that, and we're Scandinavian and very into our Scandinavian <laughs> stuff, so it was like great, perfect connection. And the way he writes it was just so perfect, and um, it it kind of came out of that that book. <laughs> That's perfect. And yeah. you got to make me feel bad that I'm like thirty percent Norwegian, and now I got <laughs> I feel like I got to go learn more stuff. So. But I'm, I'm, I'm like, I didn't get any of the Vikings. I got 53% of the Irish, so I'm like the leprechaun and not the Vikings. So, so unfortunately, but hey, what can you do? We like the leprechaun in American Gods. Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, I've really enjoyed this. This has been so much fun. And it's been great listening to the music and learning about autism because I, to my detriment, I hadn't explored it in any detail at all. So, you know, the, what you guys sent me from Temple Grandin and, and, uh, what, uh, Chloe, is it, was it Chloe? Chloe Hayden, Chloe, yeah. Wow. She's a fireball. I love her. Oh yeah. my gosh. She's, she's funny too. Yes. So I appreciate that you guys sent me that. So I felt a little more prepared because I, the last thing I wanted to do was ask and in, 
entire interview's worth of clunky questions. I think I got like one or two. So. <laughs> Hope I did okay for you guys. More than <laughs> you guys are playing a release show at a, at a pretty big show. Yeah. So where is it and who's going to be there with you and how can people go there and, and listen to you? Yeah, so it's going to be at Legendary First Avenue with we're opening for uh, Shellac, which is like... That's huge. <laughs> yeah, we got we got to tour with them right up to the start of the pandemic. And so this is the finale of that. <laughs> oh, which, man. It's just so exciting. So, so Oscar's going to be playing with sh- playing for <laughs> Shellac. One of his first shows. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that's crazy. <laughs> oh, so w- all right. So when is the show? It is May 20th. 20. Yes, 20. All right, May 20. <laughs> wait, wait, that's the release. Wait a minute. May 21st. Sorry, May 21st. May 21st. <laughs> we can May edit 20th. that. We can edit that. No big deal. That's what everything's for. Hey, you know, you get so many dates. It's confusing and they're so close together. <laughs> Thank you so much. This has been so much fun. I've learned so much just by researching for you guys. So I want to thank you for that. I love you guys. Oh, I'm just so in your corner. I don't even want to hang up right now. I'm so in your corner. I really want to help you guys out as much as I can. So, thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. We call those sleepover calls. <laughs> I feel like I'm about to be on one, but I got I I, I can't do that. I got I got work tomorrow, and you guys got yes. stuff to do. 